This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Hello, 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 and welcome in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell notifications. You get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. It's time for Heroes and Zeros and our observational notes in this recap episode on a crazy week seven with tons of buys and we knew there was low over-unders and a lot of things were just kind of brutal holding on to your hat. Most of you probably still have to hold on to your hat for the rest of the Sunday night game for the entirety of the Monday night game. I'm sure it's going to decide quite a few things. There's just a lot of low-scoring opportunities, I think, for the most part, Going on. There were some heroes. We'll get to that. I did have some bad calls, some right calls, and all of that. But first, let's introduce the co host of the day, Mr. Chase Thornton. How you doing, buddy? Getting by, getting by. Like I said in pregame, I have uh I'm having a little bit better fantasy week than I did last week, but uh, not by much. I, I told you guys last week, Wednesday, look forward to that flipping Packer game all week, and then it gets there and then you don't look forward to it. And then you have to actually watch it. And now it's just like, yeah, I'll just reset myself for next week. Here we go. <laughs> so That's it's a heavy drinking yeah. night. I'm, I've already cracked one open. I got something to, I don't even know what this is, but I'm going to drink it. It looks like something <laughs> my wife would have bought. I cracked the seal on it. So <laughs> it's just time to do it. Yeah, you know, every every fantasy player, no matter who you are, whether you're an expert, a new player, it doesn't matter. You're going to have these weeks where you find yourself on Sunday night kind of like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and look ahead to the next week and try to put this from <laughs> behind over. me and just try to move on. But that's not a bad thing. It's always good to get a jump on your following week. There always is next week at this time of the year. We're only at the halfway mark. Now, that's right. Week seven capsulates that. We still have seven more games to go in the regular season. That means no matter who you are, no matter what record you have, you are still not mathematically eliminated from your playoffs. It means you always have a chance. So keep the momentum going. Now, for some of you, if you survived, and I talked about this on Wednesday during our full preview show, if you survived a week like this with six buys and all the injuries across the board, it's a testament to your depth. It's a testament to your fantasy skills. So good job. Good for you. And I'll even give you a round of applause. The point is this. Keep it going. Keep it moving. Keep watching this show. Keep listening to us. We'll keep helping you out along the way. And we're going to have some weeks like this where, you know what? It's wildly brutal, but there's a lot of things we need to discuss, get into. So let's go ahead and start hitting it for our heroes and zeros. Dan's heroes and zeros. All right. First up, we got that Thursday night game. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New Orleans Saints. I thought Trevor Lawrence, I, I, well, we should probably get to the zeros first, but I got some things to talk about with Trevor Lawrence to get to the observational nose part of this one. My zero for this game was Calvin Ridley. And I this is actually a right call by me because I was actually nine spots lower than the ECR heading into this game. And yet still, I could not predict that he'd go four targets <laughs> for one catch and five yards. I haven't even been on his bandwagon. Ah. Better days are ahead for Calvin Ridley. There's no doubt about it. And you know what, Chase? I would even go as far as to say, just because I just want to hit this drop here, go ahead and buy low. As somebody who's not been on the Calvin Ridley bandwagon, I think now he might be dirt cheap. And Trevor Lawrence will start to play better here in the second half. 
I'm a little bit curious, especially if you get him dirt cheap. But Calvin Ridley, yes, he has to be a zero for me. How about for you? Yeah, well, I, you know, I said this morning on the on Belly Up Fantasy Live you know, about Calvin Ridley. Yeah, he's been up and down. He's had two really good games, and the rest of them, I mean, he really hasn't been startable. But we know it's there for him. And as you said, Trevor Lawrence really hasn't played his best football yet. Looked better, looked better Thursday night. Um, it was much more mobile. But uh, Calvin Ridley, I think that, you know, he's not going to be the lockdown, set it and forget it run, uh, wide receiver two that you drafted him as. He's going to be much more matchup based than I think we anticipated him being coming into this season. I think a lot of people just thought that he would jump in and, and take off. And we forgot that he, you know, he's been gone for two years. And plus, I mean, he looks exactly like what he looked like last time we saw him on the football field with any regularity. He's up and down. And so he's going to be much more matchup based. You can feel good sitting him if the matchup dictates. And this matchup, this matchup quite honestly dictated that probably with, with Marshawn Lattimore across from him. But uh, yeah, definitely a zero on the day. Wide receiver 81 so far, and we're not even done with the week. So no. it'll, it'll only get worse from there. It's going to be brutal. All right, let's switch gears. Happier music, pump them up music. We got some heroes in this one. Alvin freaking Kamara. And I, I said this to Adam, and I, I wish we should, we should have clipped it. Adam was telling us during the show that the trend on X was saying Kamara is trade him high because Jamal Williams is coming back and he's going to have a cap on the ceiling. And I'm sitting there saying, like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard because Kamara's value doesn't come from the end zone. It yeah. comes from volume in the passing game. And boy, did he get it in that one. 31 total opportunities for Alvin Kamara this week. Jamal Williams, be damned. As long as Derek Carr is the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara could be getting wide receiver one-like numbers in the target department here. So, yeah, if you have Kamara, awesome by you. Ahead, second, second time this season he's seen 14 targets in a game at the running back position. Second time this season he's seen 14 targets. I mean, you or you or fifteen. You've got. I mean, you've got to be all over that. You're ecstatic if you if you're the guy that took him in your draft and took the chance on him and and survived for the first three weeks without him. You've got to be absolutely over the moon with with how he's performing in that pass game. Like you said, as long as Derek Carr's back there, uh, he's. I mean, the sky's the limit for him. And yeah, we we said again on Wednesday night that that you know Jamal Williams he wasn't going to take away the kinds of scoring opportunities that Alvin Kamara is in there for anyway. So it, it, it didn't hurt anything to have him in there. If nope, anything, Kendra Miller just disappears off the radar. Yeah. He's clearly, he clearly becomes the third string now. Okay. So we'll fade away to the music a little bit. So we can talk about our observational notes for this game. And, yeah, like Trevor Lawrence, man, he comes in with a knee injury and yet he's more mobile in this game than he has been. Part of it of, is that the Saints, I think they thought he wasn't going to try to be mobile in this game and had played a lot of man. The man turned their backs to him and he didn't have to move side to side. He just stepped up in the pocket and took off. And that's pretty much what kind of led to him putting that together. But with Trevor Lawrence, we saw this last year when he started to use his legs a little bit and started getting into the flow of the game. We start his play, his passing to start to open up. I think we might be on the verge of that happening again soon. And the Jacksonville Jaguars schedule, it's a pretty nice schedule the second half of the season. So Trevor Lawrence, I think it's going to be better days ahead. Again, I think the buy low window on him is slightly open at the moment. So maybe you want to go ahead and try and try to do that. Uh, if you can, bye, bye, bye. 
But definitely Calvin Ridley. I want pieces of this offense. This offense has high potential, even if it doesn't always come together the last few weeks. So I had that on Trevor. The other one was Taysom Hill and his usage. Now, it didn't come until the second half. I want to point that out. When the when the Saints were down, they had to come back. But with Juwan Johnson out now for the last two weeks, Taysom Hill's legitimately been utilized at times as a tight end in the passing yes. Something we hadn't really seen to a point. So is he going to be incredibly boomer bust? 100%. But if you're sitting there streaming tight ends, and you're like, look, I need to take a shot somewhere. As long as Juwan Johnson's out, I'm okay rolling the dice on Taysom Hill right now. So those are my two notes or yours. No, I, I plugged Taysom Hill in at quarterback in a super flex league in one of my dynasty super flex leagues. And I, I came away pleasantly surprised. I mean, he's, he's quarterback nine at the moment and he didn't throw a pass. So if you were able to slot him in at quarterback, you even, you still got decent numbers out of him. Uh, tight end four platform on the day still quarterback at what was that? What platform is he still quarterback at? Uh, he was still eligible on the sleeper platform that I played on. He was still <laughs> eligible to play quarterback and you could still plug him in there. So, yeah, I mean, I was just, I was just curious because every platform yeah. I've been on, he's only a tight end only. Yeah. Depending on which platform you're on. But yeah, if you could still plug him in a quarterback, he still was quarterback nine on the day and he didn't throw a pass. I mean, that's that's more of a commentary. For, for one, it's more of a commentary on the fact that there's six teams on the flipping by this week and right. it was a terrible scoring week with terrible matchups all across the board. But uh, your the point is. Yeah, he has really broke himself into that. Yeah, streamable, and you know you can plug him into your lineup uh, if you need to. He, they're starting to use him much more in that pass game. He's seen many more targets the last two weeks as an actual receiver than as like a gimmick. And uh, you know his run, his running is still coming out of the wildcat quarterback formation. They're not necessarily always putting him back there at tight at tailback so well but, if you're playing you know, at tight end you might still be getting those type of looks ex- ex- yeah exactly so you're still you're still able to get those points from him um but yeah between between him and Kamara I mean that offense should have been able to score some points you would have thought the other night but you you would have thought all right let's go to our first Sunday game we're going to talk about here we'll start off with the heroes and zeros of the Chicago Bears and the Raiders here I got two zeros for you I got Josh Jacobs, 11 carries, 35 yards, four targets, one catch for four yards. It's it's been very up and down for Josh Jacobs. It's been brutal for him. You keep plugging him in as an RB1. His usage is still of that of an RB1. But, man, the Raiders just suck. Josh McDaniels is terrible. I can't wait till he gets fired. I'm so glad Chicago blew him out. Maybe it will happen sooner rather than later now as a result of this. But it's just absolutely brutal. And I don't know. Whether they're called Josh Jacobs a buy low candidate or a stay away from guy, I don't know. Right. The talent and the usage tells me I should be buying low on him. But unless Josh McDaniels gets fired, I have no confidence. You had a match here in Chicago, couldn't get it done. The no, other zero I had here was Michael Mayer. Uh, I did have him as somebody who was ranked in a tight end streaming territory. I didn't think his value would be strictly correlated with Jimmy Garoppolo being that Brian Hoyer only throws the ball about five, seven yards over the middle field either. The only good news I can say on Michael Mayer is that he didn't lose his usage. He still played way ahead of Austin Hooper. He still had way more snaps, way more routes run. So I'm still optimistic on Mayer, and we are expecting Jimmy G back next week. So what were your zeros for this game, Chase? Uh, Cole Komet has to be one. Didn't see a single, I mean, didn't see a single official target. I believe he had one that was called back for a penalty, but uh, I mean, 
I would have thought with the rookie in there, uh, Badgett and you know, the matchup that they had against against the Va- the Raiders, that Cole Komet could have done something more than literally not do anything. Um, so I definitely had uh, Cole Komet as a zero there. Brian Hoyer as well. I was right on him getting the start, but 1.16 fantasy points. They bring no Aiden O'Connell in comes in. Anyway. Yeah, comes in and actually played better and ended up quarterback 24 on the day. Uh, yeah, that the quarterback situation there was was rough. But uh, yeah, Brian Hoare, definitely a zero. I agree with you on Michael Mayer, but Cole Komet doing literally nothing uh, in what should have been a at least a productive matchup is uh, it was extremely disappointing. Yeah, and hopefully after that, they'll stop screwing around with Brian Hoare and just let Aiden O'Connell be the backup to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm fine with that. Let's pump it up, baby. Let's talk about our heroes for this game. Donsa Foreman, 16 carries, 89 yards, two touchdowns, five targets, three catches, 31 yards, and a receiving touchdown. I can't remember the last time I saw Donsa Foreman get in on the receiving touchdown end of this thing. Absolutely incredible. Coming in, Roshan Johnson out. Donta Foreman showing you, hey, you know what? If he's your handcuff guy and he gets the opportunity, he can give you days like this in the right matchup. It was absolutely phenomenal on his end. Who do you got for a hero in this game? Well, I, for one, I mean, Tyson, secret Bajant man, I was not all that high on. He, he didn't end up ranked all that highly. He was a top 20 quarterback, though. Uh, and actually, I mean, ran the offense and, and won them this game. Uh, the other guy I want to kind of highlight here, Jacoby Myers. Right now, he's a, he's a top 10 play on the week uh, at wide receiver. Jacoby Myers just seems to fit into this offense and seems to just keep getting it done. And he didn't do it necessarily at the expense of Devontae Adams. It's not like Adams isn't still getting targets. It's just that Jacoby Myers is getting targets and being productive with him as well. Adams, 12 targets on the day, seven catches. Jacoby Myers, 13 targets on the day and seven catches. Uh, And oh, by the way, they're looking at him in the red zone as well. So, I mean, Jacoby Myers, a guy that kind of under the radar right now, uh, having having a nice year, and is a guy that you can you can feel comfortable playing more often than not. I I think. I mean, he he didn't have a great game, but hey, yeah, he's usable right now, and I'm I'm all for that. So. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I said, Jimmy G is going to be back next week, and we know that he's had a nice rapport with Jacoby Myers and really anything over the middle of the field, which is why I'm still okay with Michael Mayer moving forward as a streaming option at the tight end position, especially again, like I said, his usage was still fine uh, today. Uh, t- yeah, you mentioned Tyson Badgett. I mean, he look if nothing else, you know, he can keep these guys relevant. DJ Moore was just fine. He had nine targets. I know it wasn't a big stat line, but the volume is there. The feature was there. There was more running work for the running backs. I mean, guys, while Donta Foreman had the huge day, Darrington Evans played just as much as Donta Foreman did. So if you have Roshan Johnson and you're waiting for him to come back and maybe he's able to clear concussion protocol this week, I think Roshan and Donta will both have roles. Roshan's going to overtake Evans for sure. He may even be the starter over Donta Foreman. I don't know for sure about that, but I know they'll be in a rotation and we saw here you know if you don't have the rushing of justin fields there's more carries for them tyson badgett a check down guy roshan johnson will be the receiving He's back so yep i'm i'm okay with roshan and donta foreman right now both being flex plays if both are on the field heading in the next week i believe they play the chargers if i remember correctly off the top of my head so it'll be a nice matchup for them on that as well so those are some of the notes i saw what were your big notes in this game yeah no i i, I agree um dj moore still i mean he was a wide receiver too today what did we think he was going to be coming into the day hopefully a wide receiver too with, with badge and playing. So, I mean, it, 
along the same lines as kind of like we saw all last season with Jacoby Brissett in, in Cleveland and how he didn't tank the guys around him in terms of their fantasy value because he just played competent football. Uh, yeah. Hey, as long as Badgett can keep playing at least competent football, DJ Moore's talent will still shine through and he'll still be available for you as a startable wide receiver. The running game will take care of itself. They'll do their own thing. In fact, they may get, as you said, more carries, more runs because they're not competing with Justin Fields for those yards on the ground. So uh, definitely something to look at going forward and watch going forward with the news that now Fields may miss two or three weeks. Uh, You're probably going to see Badgett again next week, possibly the week after. So uh, by the time that Fields gets back, it may be time to mix Herbert back into that. Can either Foreman or Johnson right now rise to the occasion and grab that, you know, grab that brass ring, so to speak, and uh, take advantage of the situation and, and carve out a bigger role for themselves than they would have had before the Herbert injury. Yeah, and I just want to add one thing that Justin Fields uh, issued. You know, go back and listen to our episode, Injury Inquiries, from this past Thursday. Even though Week Seven's over, Brian Scott goes into great detail with these guys' injuries, including moving past, you know, just this week. He looks at the Justin Fields issue. Remember, they're reporting two to three weeks. They're hopeful for two to three weeks. Yeah. Brian thinks this might want to be a more serious issue and that if he comes back and plays, he might definitely need surgery. He thinks this could be a season-long issue right now with Justin Fields. So keep that in mind. There's still some determination that needs to go on here with Justin Fields exactly when he might be back right. when you're trying to just, when you're trying to you know break down that situation but also I would say bye, bye, bye. buy Devontae Adams because I think after these last three weeks I think people are going to start freaking out because they're like oh Jacoby yeah. Myers is the 1A and Devontae Adams is not this wide receiver one Adams is going to be fine at some point the Raiders already came out and said they're not going to trade him even if they did I don't think you'd care so I'd buy low on Devontae Adams if you have a fantasy owner who's just freaking out right now because he's not getting top three elite production that production is going to come i have no doubt about it when you're Devontae adams i don't if you keep if you just keep seeing 12 targets a game it's going to happen it's, it's going to yeah, be it's, it's, gonna it's be not surprised. that his volume has not been there he is still seeing all the targets that you want him to see so, so. May, maybe go ahead and take a look at that okay let's move into our next game we got the buffalo bills and the new england patriots the patriots pulling off the upset in this one but i do have a zero that i talk about good old gabe davis Gabe Davis is my Achilles heel because I love Gabe. I love big Gabe Dave. And he comes through a lot of times when I say he's going to, but there's also times where he does absolutely nothing. And uh, this week was one of those weeks. Five targets, one catch, six yards. What makes it worse is that Buffalo was trailing most of this game, lost this game, and he still he got wound up getting out-targeted by Dalton Kincaid for the first time this season. It, yeah, it's just that had to be my big zero here for the day. What was your zero this game? Well, uh, first off, yeah, I agree with you there completely. I had him at 28 on the week. He's 78 right now. But my other, I'm going to give an honorary zero, even though I didn't expect anything out of it, because if you've been paying attention to me on any of the shows that I'm on or any of my writing, you know how big a Devontae Parker fan I am not. Uh, (laughs) Devontae Parker will never again make my top 60 rankings. Uh, and I just want to put that out there for everybody. 1.8 points today. He's wide receiver 75 on the day. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm going to take the opportunity to hammer on that dude every time I can. But he, there it is. I hate you, Devontae Parker. Um, I, I Get would, out of my world. <laughs> I would hit the music for the, do you have a hero, Chase? Because I actually didn't have a hero in this game. It just kind of went how it went. I mean, Josh Allen was quarterback four. There's a big shock. Yeah. like uh, you know, I mean, Matt Jones played 
very well for Mac Jones. Sure. We'll, we'll hit her for good job, Mac Jones. Good, Mac. Good job, a quarterback yeah, out. yeah. Way to not screw it up this week and be a top 10 quarterback for the time being. And I'll give you credit. You got the ball to Ramondre Stevenson. You actually threw him the football. It was a miracle. Ramondre Stevenson oh. sees double digit points for two weeks in a row. What the hell? Yeah, uh, that, so that's that what we were good. hoping we'd see, I guess. But. Exactly. Um, we that, That's what I felt like. I felt like the guys that you were leaning on this game, like Diggs got you a touchdown. They did what they needed to do. Great day, yeah. solid performance. James Cook had a solid day. Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid had a pretty good day. Kincaid he had a, really, had a pretty good game, but I don't know how many people, unless you absolutely had to, were playing Kincaid at this point because he's been so bad to this point. I didn't want to play him, and I, I wasn't recommended him. Yeah, no, but I mean – he had a good day, so good he for him. good dude. day. And something to watch there. Maybe this turns the corner. I'm not ready to put Dalton Kincaid in my streaming category going into next week. Uh, this is something we're going to have to see play out over a couple of weeks. Remember, my rule of thumb. If it happens two weeks in a row, then I have hope that it can sustain. If it happens three weeks in a row, then I know it can sustain. That's what we go by. We don't go off of one week. One week of production is not enough. James Cook finally finds the end zone on a, on a receiving or target. Receiving. Yeah, he does. So let's – I mean – do not drop him, everybody. Well, no. Don't panic and drop him. If you want to sell him, go ahead and sell him. I understand that, but I yeah, I mean, if you want to sell him, you go right ahead. I would take that opportunity to do so. But, yeah, especially, I mean, yeah, if you can get somebody to bite on the fact that he scored this week, the same way like, like you talked about buying – you know, Trevor Lawrence, he didn't have a great passing day, but, you know, it, but so if you can sell somebody on the fact, hey, he didn't have that great a passing day, but I'll take him off your hands for you. You know, those are the kinds of things you have to play up. You've got an opportunity now. Cook scored a touchdown finally. So see if you can jump in there and, you know, convince somebody to take him off your hands for a more for a more consistent option is what you're looking to do. Yeah, um, my other big note with this game was that the Patriots offense in general got back on track because they were able to get behind the running game. Trent Brown came back and played. Yes. Also, the Buffalo Bills, by the way, if you have a running back, play against the Buffalo Bills. I don't sure. care who it is. If they're in, in a committee, doesn't matter. Without Milano, that defense is Swiss cheese against the run. Fine by me. Play your running backs against the <laughs> Buffalo Bills right now. But the Patriots have the opportunity to run the football and set up play action. That seems to be their only pathway for competency. So we'll be watching the matchups for that. Did you have another note for this game? Just, hey, Buffalo, way to, way to continue to be mediocre when you should be better. <laughs> <laughs> they play up and down their competition, man. It's why they're not the Chiefs. Exactly. All right. So let's go to our next game. We got the Washington Commanders against the New York Giants. And I don't actually, you know what? Do you have any zeros for this game? I didn't have any zeros for this game. No, because I wasn't expecting a ton from this game. And nobody really, yeah, nobody really fell on their no, face. Because like the big one, I guess I'll I'll semi hit it for Brian Robinson, but he still scored. He scored. It, it wasn't a very good stat line outside of that, but he still scored. So he didn't he didn't totally dodge you out or anything like that. No, he was he was still a, fl- a low end running back to flexible play. He was still playable this week, like you said. Yeah. He found the end zone. I mean, eight point three fantasy points is not great, but in a week where a fifth of the league is off and mm-hmm. another fifth of the league probably is injured. That'll get so let's switch it. I do have a hero for this game. And that was Darren Waller. Eight targets, seven catches, 98 yards, and touchdown. And I guess an honorary uh hero for me would have to be Tyrod Taylor. You weren't playing him yes. in your fantasy league. I wasn't suggesting you should, but we saw Wondell Robinson again get his usage. Darren Waller was utilized. Saquon Barkley was just fine. And even Tyrod Taylor himself has to be put in the conversation of streaming quarterbacks if he's going to be the starter moving forward with the way he's played 
over the past couple of weeks. So, yeah. I know it's Washington. Washington can make a lot of things look good offensively, especially the passing game. But it was interesting. Two weeks in a row, Tyrod Taylor in there. All of a sudden, the Giants look like they're able to get to your fantasy guys that you want them to on the offensive side of the ball. Would you, would you have you as a hero in this game? No, yeah, well, because of the fact that they were supposedly playing their backup quarterback and because of the fact that their offense has been so putrid, Washington was actually a popular pickup this week on the waiver wire for a DST. And, hey, they went out and, and the Giants got it done. And Taylor, yeah, Taylor specifically got it done. I mean, 18 to 29 for 279 and a pair of scores. That's a decent stat line. And right now he's top five quarterback on a play on the week. I mean, he, I think he's, he doesn't have anything to lose and he's been in the league since the river was dug. I mean, he's, he's, he's a veteran by now. So nothing is going to necessarily phase him getting in there. And so the fact that he's got a patchwork offensive line and an insurance salesman at left tackle and everything else going on in front, he does, he's not going to get rattled by that necessarily. He's not necessarily playing for his job the same way that it feels like Daniel Jones might be pressing when he's in there uh, and feeling the heat a little bit there. So, yeah, I know I would give Taylor an honorary hero for the day. Waller was, was magnificent, like you said. Um, otherwise, I mean, yeah, everybody did what they were supposed to do. Jalen Hyatt had a decent game. It was nice to see Jalen Hyatt get usage. Yeah. Yes, Use him more, please. A guy who's Please? actually talented get the ball. It's always fun when, when guys who are talented actually get the football. It always it always makes our lives a little bit right. uh, easier here. Um, let's see what we got. Oh, we got our next game here. The Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do have... Oh, this is brutal. Bijan <laughs> Robinson... This was such an emotional roller coaster for all the Bijan Robinson owners out there. And, you know, I'm a big fan. I have in a lot of leagues. And I told Chase this. I was ready to try to find Arthur Smith's address and just pick it outside of his house. Like, what are you doing? Because nobody knew. Nobody knew anything. No, the beat writers knew. The insiders knew. Nobody knew what was going on. Finally, at halftime, we get comments from Arthur Smith. We get some insights saying, Bijan Robinson was having a really bad headache, a migraine, and just not feeling well. And then that's what wound up leading to it. Now, it doesn't help you at all from the standpoint of, from the standpoint of, you know, you played Bijan Robinson, you got three yards out of him. It doesn't help you at all from that standpoint. But at least it offered an explanation before we're at the end of the game of what the heck happened. And it wasn't just Arthur Smith trying to torpedo your fantasy football team, which is always a risk. Uh, so, yeah. What was it? Did you have any other zeros this game? Well, you, you, how about the freaking Atlanta beat writers who had no idea that Bijan Robinson had a headache and was probably not playing a whole hell of a lot today. Like nobody was clued into this at all. So anybody that had any money on a Bijan prop bet got screwed over and had no idea what was going on. Everybody in fantasy. And I, yeah, I mean, we're probably crying sour grapes a little bit. It's not like we haven't seen players with, with migraines before. I mean, Percy Harvin made a career out of having a migraine every other week. But yeah, it was definitely frustrating when he was the second most played guy on, on fantasy platforms, essentially. And then to see and to not know and not have anything concrete told to you. And they're, you know, you've got Scott Hansen on NFL Red Zone saying, oh, they kind of said on the broadcast that maybe he's not feeling well. Great. That, glad we all know what the hell's going on. So. <laughs>
I'm glad we all have a reason why Cordero Patterson is getting touches today. Right. The the only sort of like an offer, like I said, with that is at least it explains and also lets you and know that next week, going forward. yeah, less next week you can go ahead and, and play them. So that's the silver lining there. I did have a hero for this game, Mike Evans. Yes. Dude, like it's contract here. He's doing everything in his power to get paid. He's overcoming Baker Mayfield. He's overcoming a simple offense. He's overcoming a, a terrible offensive line. He's overcoming perimeter corners, superstar corners like A.J. Terrell and Marshawn Lattimore. And it doesn't matter. Nobody can slow down Mike Evans. Eight targets, six catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. The guy's just a beast. He's back. He's like, he turned back the clock. He's like Mike Evans of like five years ago. It's incredible what's going on in Mike Evans right now. What hero did you have in this game? Dude, I, I love you, but I, I want to know why. Well, like, what did Baker do to you? You hate him so hardcore. Cause like, I don't necessarily see. I don't think Mike do to make him not hate him. Like, I don't understand. Listen, I'm a Browns fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing the Packer jersey because obviously that's my that's my first love, but the dude won a playoff game in Cleveland against the freaking Steelers for crying out loud. He walked into he walked into Los Angeles last year with 13 minutes of study time on a plane ride and kept them competitive. And he's he's playing fine this year. He's playing absolutely fine this year. He's Mike Evans is not in every statistical category besides completion percentage, which is fine. <laughs> we weren't expecting Baker Mayfield to walk in there and be. He was he's quarterback ten on the day. So watch far. a quarterback who's average or below average with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the offense. All right, he's he's already he's got Mike me. Evans. He's Zoom he's me. getting he's the one who's been getting Mike Evans the football this season. Yeah, but look at Chris Godwin as a result. You have to have a casualty somewhere. Or you can have somebody who's a competent quarterback and have a really good offense. I don't know. I'm just maybe saying. It, or maybe it, that team's not all that great to begin with, and Baker's getting everything he can out of him. He's playing hard, dude. I I don't I don't I just don't, I don't see give, Mike I don't give participation trophies out. I don't give I don't, any for efforts. <laughs> I don't see Mike Evans as overcoming Baker Mayfield. I see him as having a connection with Baker Mayfield, and it's working right now for them. Unfortunately, they didn't get the win today. They should have. That was no. a stupid game all around. Not a fun game to watch necessarily, but what I see, what I see is Mike Evans and David Canales having a connection because Mike Evans is not doing the old thing he had to do with Brian Leftwich and Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, which is where he was a vertical threat and that was it. And that's He's all, actually yeah. lining up all over the field with Canales. So I see a and connection with him all over. Yeah, and throw it to him all over. I see a connection with the coaching staff utilizing him as a more featured weapon. Baker Mayfield has not been good. Okay, plain and simple. He's, Baker, he's, he's Baker been Mayfield's good. been the one getting him the ball. <laughs> okay, fine. I think Kyle Trask would probably throw him the football too. But <laughs> he could. He, he would be though. That's my that's my take on it. I mean, I, okay. will, I will show down you on Baker Mayfield I'm, every week if you want. Listen, to. I know. I, I'm, I'm not planting my flag. <laughs> At midfield on Baker Mayfield, I'm just saying like, we're going to be most I, known for on the show this year. Our battle right. with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh right, man, yeah. let's um, let's move past Baker and Mike and and your bromance <laughs> with anybody who's not Baker. Uh, I've been right so far. I don't know. It's okay. All right, yeah. So my note of this game is that regardless of the Bijan situation, Arthur Smith is still the most annoying coach of all time. (laughs) (laughs) With with, with hands down. Because he still didn't do a good job getting Drake Lowe in the ball. Still didn't do a good job of getting Kyle Pitts the ball. What makes this more annoying 
is that they won this game. They did everything in their power to lose this game, but Tampa Bay could not get a game-winning field goal, could not get a game-winning touchdown. They win this game 13-10. to 10. So what does that do? It buys Arthur Smith more time. It buys Desmond Ritter more time. And I have to sit here and keep pulling my hair out every time these guys take the field. So my big note is, unfortunately, we have to continue to put up with Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter's antics because they won this game. Yeah, no, that, that because as you said, we were all ready to wring Arthur Smith's neck because of the whole Bijan thing. And the whole reason we were ready to wring his neck because of the, well, the whole Bijan thing was because it was such a plausible thing for it to just be Arthur Smith's whim not to use Bijan Robinson. I mean, for crying out loud, he's barely used him correctly as is, uh, you know, let alone today. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to be done with the whole, Arthur Smith experiment down in Atlanta, but unfortunately I'm not calling the shots down there. So we probably have to put up with him for at least another week. It was a win. Yeah. It was a road win in division. Yep. Yep. And like like I said, all the time, like two games, I said two games to row is optimism. I said, going into this game, this was the test. It was on the road. Mm -hmm. I guess the defense that's decent, a little bit above average right now in most categories. If they could actually get the ball consistently to Drake London, to Kyle Pitts in this game, then I would be sustainable. Now we go back to, okay, now it has to be at home in the right matchup for me to feel like Drake London and Kyle Pitts are going to get the ball like we need them to. Desmond Ritter, first quarterback with two turnovers at the one-yard line or closer <laughs> since 2004, Michael Vick. How's that feel, Atlanta? That's not, that's a nice stat to put back-to-back for you. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Two terrible turnovers right there on the one-yard line. Hold up. Hold to, up. To, to allow the Buccaneers to be as close as they were. Yep. Buccaneers should have won that game based on what happened there at the at the goal line twice. Absolutely. Buccaneers should have won this game. Absolutely. All right, let's move to our next matchup. We got the Cleveland Browns against the Indianapolis Colts. And my zero for this game. I was all excited for him. It's Colts matchup. Sean Watts was supposed to be back, and I know he got banged up, whatever. But he had done well with P.J. Walker before. And that was Amari Cooper. Eight targets. The usage is still there. I'm not worried about Mari Cooper moving forward, regardless of whether it's P.J. Walker or Deshaun Watson. But two catches, 22 yards against Indianapolis Colts. That's just not what you want to say. What zero did you have for this game? And, you know, when they even said on the, I mean, he got eight. He led the team in targets on the day, but they even said on the on the broadcast that they needed to find a better way to to utilize Amari Cooper and to keep going with him. Um, obviously, I'm going to give my zero to his to the quarterback that started the game at least for them although there's an assist on that to uh to kevin stefanski um deshaun watson going down after having negative points negative 1.8 points he got he got checked out for the concussion apparently he cleared protocol and stefanski said that it was his call not to put deshaun watson back in there to protect his quarterback his franchise quarterback now it worked out they got a one point win somehow against indianapolis but you know for a guy, like you said, I, I mean, a guy that we thought was going to start and should have had an okay day and an okay matchup, negative points. That's my, that's going to be my zero for the day. I'll give it to Watson. But like I said, a big assist to Kevin Stefanski. Thanks for, thanks for nothing there, Kev. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. Especially when a guy gets cleared like that, you're expecting him to come back and play. I do have a big hero in this game, and I've been on him for a couple of weeks, telling you guys to play him as a wide receiver three, as a flex option, and baby, he's just going to move up from here. Josh Downs, six targets, five catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown in this one. Now that Anthony Richardson is out for the rest of the year, we know it's Gardner Minshew. 
there's going to be targets between Josh Downs and Michael Pittman. And it's actually target-wise a 1A, 1B situation. Josh Downs actually getting the better of him today. Pittman's not going anywhere. He's still going to be the first read more times than not. But Josh Downs is the number two receiver, and he's going to be involved every single week. So if he's somehow still out there in your waiver wire, make sure you have Josh Downs. And if you have him on your bench, start playing Josh Downs in your flex. That's my hero for this game. What did you got? No, definitely. I mean, a 59-yard touchdown score there. Michael Pittman with a 75-yarder, The you know, Gardner Minshew himself, I mean, ran for two, doubled his career total in rushing scores. I mean, today had, again, though, the problem with Gardner Minshew, he had four turnovers and he's, he's turned the ball over way too many times here, you know, coming, you know, coming in as the starter. Now he's kept him competitive. You score 38 points. I said it in pregame with you score 38 points against the Cleveland defense. You should win that flipping game. It's not on Gardner Minshew necessarily, but, uh, how about Jonathan Taylor? Finally, actually, we, we, we were thinking that this would be the week that we saw like the kind of the flip happen where Zach Moss would fade to the fade to that definite second role. Now, Zach Moss still getting usage, but Jonathan Taylor right up where he should be in the top 10 of scoring finally uh, with 21 points today. So, you know, John, Jonathan Taylor, kind of an honorary uh, hero for me, even though you know, because yeah, I, I had him as a running back too today. I didn't think he'd go. I don't think he'd go quite that far, but he did usurp uh, the you know the position back from Zach Moss after Zach Moss had been uh, had been their lead for for the last for with him being out for the last several months. So, well, that, good on you, Taylor's one, my number one note here. Um, to, yes, opportunity wise, he did overtake Zach Moss, but they split snaps down the middle. Oh, yeah. They had 35 snaps each. So Zach Moss didn't necessarily go anywhere. Now, again, we expect this gap to, we saw, you know, Taylor get 10 snaps to being a little bit behind Zach Moss to being dead even with Zach deep. Moss. And now we'll expect him to go past Zach Moss this week and expect that to continue to get a gap increase. But I don't think Zach Moss is going away entirely. Yeah. And I think you can put him in that Ezekiel Elliott, Tyler Algier yes. type of category where you're talking about guys who maybe make the top 36 and you're still able to flex them because they get just enough usage. So I think that's Avius Murray and just, yeah, like Justice Hill, like, yeah, the guys who are second on their own team, but still have a usable role. Right. Especially yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Down yeah, 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 yeah. When we're all scrambling for help there because all of our starters that we drafted got blown out and are gone. Uh, no, I, I I agree with that completely. You know, like you're like like Chris always says, Chris believes, hey, talent will win out eventually. Well, like you said, dead even snap usage, but the talent won out today, and we saw Jonathan Taylor's talent. And yeah, I'd say he's about three to one talent wise over Zach Moss. I I think that's probably pretty. <laughs> Pretty clear. Well, and the big thing, if you have, if you are a Jonathan Taylor owner, you were against Cleveland Browns, was the toughest match for a running back, and Jonathan Taylor, like Jonathan Taylor looked like Jonathan Taylor. So yeah. that that that's the great news here. Uh, news. My other note for this game, though, Jerome Ford picked up an ankle issue. Now we don't know the severity of it yet, but here's what I will say: Pierre Strong came in, stepped in for him right mm-hmm. off the bat, 
and actually took over his role and was in, and was in a timeshare there with Kareem Hunt. So Pierre Strong probably will be on my waiver rankings uh, graphic when I send that out over social media at MDFF Show and MDFF Show everywhere else. Um, he'll probably be on my list. And we, we again, we have to figure out exactly how long Jerome Ford is going to be out for. We don't know yet. If anything, yeah, long, we don't. Yeah. Slid right in there. Keep in mind too, Kareem Hunt was not 100 coming into this game. They weren't 100 sure he was going to play because no. he's dealing with a thigh issue too. So again, Pierre Strong next week. If Jerome Ford's going to be out, somebody could probably play as a flex play. Uh, QF stops. Bijan has fantasy owners so upset right now. Yeah. No, 100%. That's one of those things. We just talked about it, but uh, there's nothing really you can do. At least next week, we know we can go ahead and play them. What were your notes in this game? Well, more on the on the Browns running back situation there. Kareem Hunt, don't look now, but he actually has yeah. kind of put himself in that flex conversation. Yeah. And look, I, I I rate Kareem Hunt as a top three running back this week. Like I was all over it, but it's just it's it's so ugly watching him run. Like he gets two touchdowns in this pretty. game, and it was the ugliest two touchdowns ever. That seen. second touchdown was yeah, like by the literally the thinnest, the slimmest of barely. It probably was a touchdown margin, and good thing is like forearm was in the way of the camera angle kind of thing on fourth down from the one. Uh, he's he's not fun to watch anymore it's this is not his this is not rookie season Kareem Hunt this is not three years ago Kareem Hunt this is not the Kareem Hunt that was a dual uh running back one with Nick Chubb a couple of years ago in this Cleveland offense but when you give volume and goal line touches exactly and you know apparently he's got just enough left in him that he is right now a flex option yeah 100%. 100%. Might, might even be a top 24 running back with Jerome Ford out. Uh, that's yes. also a possibility. All right, so let's go to Detroit and Baltimore. This was a wild game where Baltimore just put the stomp the brakes out of Detroit <laughs> here. Um, I did have a zero in this game, and believe it or not, it was on the Baltimore side. Justice Hill, four carries, 46 yards, one target, one catch, two yards. Gus Edwards was the man of the day. So that's what happened there. But uh, Justice Hill, somebody we've ranked in the top 30. His usage made him somebody that maybe you needed to play as a flex play or an RB2 replacement type of deal and uh, couldn't get it done for you. Now, it was a tough matchup. I don't know how many people were depending on him to do something big. But uh, in a game in which everybody who you needed to do something for Baltimore did do something, he was the one guy kind of left out. So that had to be my zero for this game. What was yours? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll second that. Even though I, you know, I kind of was not big on Justice Hill. If you uh, recall, I I much rather you know have Gus Edwards in that whole situation. But my zero is going to be I'm going to give it to Jamison Williams. Uh, even though I wasn't necessarily expecting a ton out of Jamison Williams, and we have said and cautioned people, he is still working his way back into this offense. They're still finding their way in this offense and how they want to fit him in and work him in and bring him back. But a big zero on the day that hurts, uh, that hurts everybody, whether you, uh, you know, whether you were counting on him or whether you were just hoping for to see something out of him so you can use him going forward right now. If you want him on your roster, that's great. If you don't want him on your roster, that's okay too, because there were a lot of dudes out there who you and I probably haven't even heard of, and we study this shit every day. Uh, there were a lot of guys who outscored Jameson Williams. Yeah, 100%. Still, uh, still a guy I'm rostering, but not a guy we're playing anytime soon. 
Heroes. There was heroes aplenty, but shout out to Lamar Jackson, 357 yards, three touchdowns, 36 yards on the ground, and a rushing touchdown. And, of course, his main partner in crime of the day, Mark Andrews, six targets, four catches, 63 yards, and two touchdowns. My hat's off to you guys because you won me a lot of money in DFS today. So thank you, Lamar Jackson (laughs) and Mark Andrews. Uh, We're heroes for this game. Jameer Gibbs stepping up when he, like we all hoped that he would, having a big day. Now, yes, it was garbage time, but you know what? Garbage time doesn't mean anything in fantasy football. There's no garbage time in fantasy football. It's just time. And I don't care when Jameer Gibbs scored all of his points. He scored 27.6 of them, and he got himself a running back three on the day so far. And uh, his, you know, colleague or what kind of his counterpart across the field from him, Gus Edwards here so far a top 10 play on the day as well with 21.4 points finally looked like an actual starting running back in terms of the, the production that you got out of him, uh, you know, on a day when Lamar was throwing the ball all over the place and looked like a superstar, Gus Edwards was still able to find enough, uh, you know, find enough work and, and do enough with it to get himself into the top 10 there. So, you know, both starting running backs there were, were key for me today. Yeah, I, that goes right into my note as far as the Gibbs thing is concerned. Is regardless of when the production came, uh, without David Montgomery, we have two games now where Jameer Gibbs became the bell cow back. Mm-hmm. Uh, both times Montgomery was out. So no, none of this, like, Craig Reynolds is going to get mixed in stuff. No, Detroit is just, they're going with, like, one back. Now, when there's both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, it kind of stinks for the Jameer Gibbs owners because they haven't really been able to carve out a good role when they're both on the field yet. But if it's one or the other, they're getting all the work. That's... That's the good news there. I do want to point out with 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 Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, they both had 30 snaps. So, yeah, Gus Ooh. Edwards died today production-wise, but still even in playing time, and I don't think that goes away anytime soon. So just a little bit of a word of caution um, on that front. All right, so let's go to our next game here. We got the Steelers and the Los Angeles Rams. And, uh, yeah, so my big zero today was uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, seven targets. Two catches, 29 yards. That was it. Uh, we'll get to my hero for the day, which is partly the reason why Cooper Cup was bad. But when you have Cooper Cup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have been hemorrhaging points to the wide receivers, this is not what you needed. Not on the day, not on the day because <laughs> you're going by and you probably have backups all over the place. You're like, I need Ooh. my star to be a star. Yeah. Obviously, better days are ahead for Cooper Cup. There's no reason to worry. But yeah, definitely, definitely a zero for me today. And my other zero, because this was a wrong call by me, George Pickens, eight targets, 107 yards, uh, five catches. Leading receiver for him. I had Deontay Johnson ranked ahead of him. I thought Deontay Johnson would still be the number one target. I have not been very impressed with George Pickens on games in which he does not get double-digit targets. He was able to get eight targets today and looked very good. I'll talk more about why I think that was the case in our observational notes part of this game. But shout-out to George Pickens. I was wrong. What was your zeros for this game? We'll talk. Yes, we'll talk more about the receiving core on the on the Pittsburgh side in in a minute here. But my zero, I wasn't necessarily expecting anything out of him, and I'm done. Uh, much, very similar to Devontae Parker, I am done expecting anything out of Tyler Higby forever. Uh, if I get something out of him, great. I kind of think that's how Sean McVay and the, and the Rams feel about him now. If we get something out of him, great. Uh, why they won't play Bryson Hopkins out there, I don't know anymore because Tyler Higby just doesn't do a whole hell of a lot for you on the field at this point. Extension be damned. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's switch gears. Our heroes, 
Nakua. This is a big reason why Cooper Cup didn't do much. 12 targets, 8 catches, 154 yards, solidifying that even Cooper Cup back on the field. Puka Nakua is still a top 12 wide receiver every single week. I had him as my number 10 guy going into this week. There's no reason to hesitate on Puka Nakua in this offense, even with Cooper Cup back on the field. So that's the good news there. Who's the, what, what hero do you have in this game? Uh, he's a he's a hero in your hearts, and he's a zero for the fact that nobody figured anything would come of it. But Daryl Henderson on the day comes back, gets a touchdown, gets 61 yards rushing. Uh, leads the backfield after having literally been on the couch. I mean, you know, like like the Giants' left tackle. Uh, what the hell was the point of having him not on the roster, not alone, let alone a roster in the NFL, but not on your roster if you were going to just sign him off the street and give him the ball more than you gave it to anybody else on the day? Uh, good for you, dude. I mean, he's only 25. He's still a young enough player. There's no reason he can't still play in he this runs league. He's 35, but yeah. <laughs> But he's, but chronologically, uh, he's only 25 and there's no reason he can't still play in this league for, for quite a while. I mean, if, I mean, 18 carries 61 yards, I mean, that's not a great day, but a lot of other dudes today would have, I would have taken that from a lot of other dudes today. I would have taken that from a lot of other players today, especially six fucking players on by, but uh, yeah, I mean, is he a, is he a hero? I don't know because I don't I'm not sure how many freaking people played him. I know that uh I didn't know where people did. Whoever picked up Zach Evans with the intention to play him, they they, they you got the news in time. You probably pivoted Darrell Henderson if you had if you had picked him if up. You had the two. Yeah. Um but yeah, I look look, I'm with you. I think you said it perfectly. Why was this guy on the street if you were willing to sign him off the street and then start him week one? I mean, it wasn't just Zach Evans who's been on this roster. Royce Freeman's been playing on the practice squad, had a couple games where he was active and playing special teams. He I mean, jumped off the freaking plane, pulled his shirt off, threw a jersey on, and literally took the first hand off of the game. It was like, it, it, why, why yeah, the fuck? Why, why, why was he home? Why was he why? not on the roster? I wanted to see Zach Evans. He was productive in all Miss. I wanted to see what he's got. Uh, they went with Darrell Henderson. Royce Freeman also got a good amount of work, too. This was a two-man uh, rotation yes. here going on with the Rams. Keep that in mind. But, but Royce now, Freeman looked like what we thought Royce Freeman would look like. Yeah. Hasn't done anything in four years and didn't do a whole hell of a lot today either. He was actually more efficient than Darrell Henderson today. Uh, I do want to point that out. Yes, for, you know, for, Over four yards to carry. Like It wasn't bad efficiency-wise, but basically now we know it's confirmed now with all, you know, we had to talk back and forth. I was wrong about this. I, I didn't think Henderson coming off the street, me either. Uh, being on the practice squad was going to be the guy who leads the way. It didn't make any sense to me, uh, but clearly that's going to be the case. It's going to be Henderson and Royce Freeman in a mix. I don't think either one of them are going to be my top 24 while Kyron Williams is out, but will they be my top 30 or, you know, at least top 36 flexible? You know, yes. Yeah. Like you're, you're going to be flexing these guys. If you need RB two, you know, pivots too, which are hard to find for some, guys even in 10 12 man leagues yes you're going to be able to pivot to these guys so especially uh, that, based on matchups based yeah. on you know, look at the matchups and yeah 100 kyron williams got put on ir so he's not coming back so is this is not him coming back after the 12 play. he can't come back to week 12 because he has yeah. to four games so definitely a high ankle again they never actually said officially what it was it's a high ankle sprain if he has to be out four or five weeks to come back i do think kyron will be back 
I do think the good news about this being a rotation is that when Kyron Williams comes back, I do think he comes He'll back to the dude. Job. Yeah. Like yeah. Sean, Sean will go back to him and assuming he's the job. So that's the part. I'm not too worried about that from that standpoint. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be Darrell Henderson and Royce Freeman moving forward. Both guys will be in the top 36. Henderson will probably be in my high end RB three range. Uh, most likely moving forward. The other note I have for this game is that the Steelers finally looked like they were competent coming out of the bye. Now, the key, though, <laughs> the key. They always look competent coming out of the bye. <laughs> part of it is that. The other part is they finally got the offensive line blocking downhill. They finally got the running game going. And it wasn't a crazy great day. Both Harris and Jalen Warren score, though. And they were better at least than what we've seen them be. And what as a result of that, they were able to set up play action. And when they were able to set up play action, Kenny Pickett didn't look like a scrub out there so much. It led to George Pickens getting open quite a bit over the middle of the field, more so than we had seen previous weeks. So this to me is the key. Can you get the running game going and open up play action? Now, the Rams defense is nothing, you know, no, not at all. We have to worry about either. So that can help things too. But if this can be a pathway that we look for for the Steelers, all right, is this a game script in which we think the running game can get going to open up play action? And we know if that's the case, then we can trust them, the Steeler players. Then maybe that will give us some hope. Again, we got to see this come to fruition another week in a row. Uh, but at least we have something to start to look for now moving forward. So, you have any other notes for this game? No, not really. I mean, <laughs> it's not like they, they still weren't crazy efficient running the football, but it was a good matchup for them against the Rams who are absolutely terrible against just about everything. Um, they are not the Rams defensive old. I mean, Najee Harris still couldn't, uh, you know, average four yards of carry. He did find the end zone though today, which is nice for those of us who, you know, drank any of his Kool-Aid before the season. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to be done with, uh, <laughs> with, relying on Matt Canada to do anything that, that makes any sense anymore. So, uh, you know, as far as their receivers go, Deontay Johnson, I mean, yeah, Pickens, Pickens had a nice day. Deontay Johnson though, in his first game back, six targets caught five of them. Uh, I it, think he's going good. to, uh, uh, yeah, he's going to be, he is going to be just fine. This is the same guy that got 140 plus targets last season. I think he steps right back into that kind of role. Kenny Pickett has not taken the step forward that we all kind of hoped he would as a passer that we thought he maybe had in the preseason, obviously in the uh, regular season, it hasn't played out that way, but if Deontay Johnson is going to get that kind of volume, he's going to catch stuff by just default and he's not going to go scoreless again in all, in all, you know, probability so you know Deontay Johnson and George Pickens both ownable going forward George Pickens uh actually yeah I, the fact that he balled out a little bit today in, in, despite the fact that Deontay Johnson was there on the field is encouraging if you're a Pickens owner but Deontay Johnson is going to be just fine he's going to be what you drafted him to be this year 100 uh Matt Rich commenting in just has someone accept a trade dynasty and contending at four and two just got Keenan Allen for Judy and a 2024 second and third round offer that was accepted was uh Josh Palmer Z Jones for Ridley uh yeah great great all the way around yeah uh, look Ridley like I said better days ahead First and foremost, as far as that deal goes, definitely fine giving up Josh Palmer and Zay Jones. Ridley's not going anywhere for Jacksonville either. I think you got a couple good years out of Ridley from yeah, a dynasty. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there. He'll be there. And the Keenan yeah. Allen thing, yeah, you didn't have to give a first rounder. You have a Judy who's just like a kind of like whatever receiver for you, a wide receiver three at best. Uh, Matt, I, I think you did you did excellent here. You definitely put yourself even in a better position to go ahead and try to win at four and two. So good job there by you, Matt. All right, let's go to our next game. We've got the Arizona Cardinals, the Seattle Seahawks. 
My zero for this game. I know that he doesn't have the name that Bijan does, but it was a similar situation. What the Bijan flip? Ingram. <laughs> no touches? No cool. touches? What the hell? He went from going to Amari Demarcado because he got all the work when James Conner first went out. And then we saw a three man rotation where nothing nice. the opportunities. And then we get to this game where, unbeknownst to apparently anybody who covers his team whatsoever, Keontae Inger became the third string running back behind Damian Williams. And Amari Demarcado, all of a sudden now, he's going to have to come back on our waiver wire list because he got all kinds of crazy usage this time. I, I, whether this is here to stay, whether it's a trap, I couldn't tell you. If anybody tries to tell you they do know, they don't know what they're talking about because we've seen two drastically 180-degree different things between the two weeks. So, Keontae Ingram, not that you were expecting big things from him, but you might have flexed him this week thinking he was the leader guy. Yeah. He screwed you. My other zero, Tyler Lockett. Five targets, four catches, 38 yards, and the game in which DK Metcalf was out against Arizona Cardinals, and that's all you can muster here. Jackson Smith, the Jigbo, was better than he was in this game, who I'll talk about in a second. But Tyler Lockett, oh, we've been waiting for him to get back on track. It seemed like the perfect opportunity, and it just it still didn't happen. So he and made it, zero. List. And it wasn't like the tight ends took took the you know the the looks or anything else. It was yeah, it was Jake Bobo was the was your competition for looks in this game, and and you couldn't outplay Jake Bobo. And I know he's a he's a darling internet darling like Zach Ryder, but like he's just not. He, he shouldn't be Tyler Lock. He shouldn't be beating out Tyler Lock. No, one hundred percent. Before we switch to heroes, we got a George Play one should sell James Cook. We already said that we earlier said that. in the yep. show, and the answer it, is yes, yes, you should sell James Cook while you have the opportunity to do so. Okay, so let's switch back here to our heroes for this game. And that was Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now he has two weeks in a row where his usage has increased. Obviously, DK Metcalf being out had part to do it for today, but we already saw it increase a little bit last week. And in his place, seven targets, four catches, 63 yards. He gets a touchdown. Now his touchdown did come on a blown coverage where he's wide open over the middle field, no more than 10 yards. But two weeks from right now, the jig was starting to trend in the up direction. I think he could at least be a guy who's been dropped on a lot of waiver wires, might be out there in a lot of places, and could be a nice little golden ticket for you in the second half of the season, potentially. Potentially. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but somebody I want to take a shot on. So he's my hero of this game. What was your hero of this game? No, yeah, you, you just named him. I mean, he took advantage of the opportunity. Unlike some of the rookie running backs that we've seen across the league who have had opportunities when the starter has been out, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba grabbed that opportunity right by the short and girlies today and, and ran with it with DK Metcalf out. Actually looked, you know, he, he actually finished where I had DK ranked, had DK played. I had him ranked at number 11 and uh, Smith and Jigba so far was, was wide receiver 12 coming into in, into the show today. So, I mean, good for him for actually, you know, for living up to it, to the hype uh, and taking over, you know, the, the, and feeling comfortable in essentially the lead role in that passing attack today. Um, I'm going to give an honorary zero while we're at it here though, too, to the, uh, to the Arizona Cardinals coaching staff for, for the way that they're using their tight ends, Zach Ertz and Trey McBride, <laughs> son of a bitch. If we could just Trey get McBride. one dude catching all of these, yeah, they would have been a top five tight end today, but as it was, they're both languishing down around tight end 20. Well, I uh, talked about that in our operation domination. Trade one of like, them away. Trade or trade not Zach trade Ertz? one of them away. Trade Zach Ertz's ass away. Trade him. Please, so By that we can way, get the full so that we on our end of things can get the full Zach Ertz experience and the full Trey McBride experience, and we would get 
two freaking tight ends thrown into the mix where currently we have zero. No, and by the way, if Zachers does get traded, which he should, I don't know if he would, but he should, but Trey McBride, he might be a, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. I don't even buy, he's available in all waiver wires right now. Go yeah, ahead. Jump on him. Yeah, jump on him. If you've been looking for tight ends, that's, that's one you want to stash right now. They had the exact same amount of snaps uh, this week. Uh, we got uh, a comment coming in here from Matt. He uh, made a trade before, made this trade before week five for the Brees game versus the Broncos. Traded Javante, T. Higgins, Miles Sanders, Dotson. For Brees, Godwin, and 2024 second and third round. Smashed, right? I, I love Brees Hall. So I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm never going to say no, but I do think Javante Williams is a good player. The T. Higgins is the part that's tough for me, especially in a dynasty league. Mm. And that's the part that's a little hard for me in this one. But ultimately, with the draft capital, getting Godwin back, Brees Hall is the best player in that deal. Yes, it's still ultimately a deal that I'm okay with. Uh, we got another question coming in from ASDAFGHOP because I'm not going to actually try to pronounce that in any kind of tape way or form. <laughs> hey, guys, who has more value for you, Calvin Ridley or Terry McLaurin right now? And this is a very good question because Terry McLaurin's been pretty consistent sneakily over the past few weeks. We haven't really been talking about him because he kind of falls in that perfect, like, top 24, 20 wide receiver range. We're like, okay, you keep doing well for me overall. Yeah, you're not like going you're going to keep putting him in, you're, but you're, you're not, not yeah. busting for me at all in any kind of shape or form. Meanwhile, Calvin Ridley, since week one, all you've done is bust for me. So this is a very good conversation to have right now. So which way did you go, Chase? Terry McLaurin is the number one on his team. Jahan Dotson has been a complete and total disappointment and bust after he got a lot of run in the preseason and a lot of, lot of talk, a lot of, lot of chatter. Um, now Curtis Samuel has been nice and he's been, he's fun the way they use him, but Terry McLaurin is the unquestioned number one receiver on that team at any position at, at regardless of, you know, when you're talking about pass catchers, it's Terry McLaurin on the, on the Washington commanders. You talk about Calvin Ridley. He's not necessarily their unquestioned number one target. Now, is he maybe their most talented top overall type player? Yeah, he, he might have the highest Madden rating of anybody that catches passes for them, but they still are going to throw the ball a ton to Christian Kirk. And Christian Kirk, guess what? This year has actually delivered you know, on, on that role, just like he did last year. Evan Ingram is still... Evan Ingram is still a top 10 tight end and is still a good target to look for, uh, you know, whenever they want to. And, you know, and they're still going to throw the ball occasionally to guys like Jamal Agnew and Travis Etienne and, and that. So Calvin Ridley's not necessarily the unquestioned number one target on his team. McLaurin is. I'm going with McLaurin right now based on what I've seen. And like you said, the consistency factor, he's been consistently at least usable. Whereas Ridley has had two great games and the rest of the time he's literally been unplayable. Yeah. 100%. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'd rather have Terry McLaurin right now than, than Calvin Ridley. Um, especially with the same hell has been playing. He's getting the ball to him just enough. My, yes. uh, just to get back to the real quick to this Arizona Seattle game. The only note, other note I had, I wanted to talk about Demarcado one more time. Cause again, he's probably somebody who has dropped in quite a bit of leagues. He didn't just get the most opportunities in case you didn't see this game. He was 53 snaps to Damian Williams, 12. He was the bell cow. It wasn't just that he got more opportunities. He was the bell cow in this game. Five targets. I I, yep. I don't think, I can't see at least, they suddenly go back to a committee situation after having that situation and then no. deciding Demarcado is now our guy. So if Demarcado got dropped, 
That should be a high priority pickup for you guys heading into next week. 100%. All right. So let's go to our next game here. We got the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Sorry to do this to you, Chase. Yeah. Green Bay Packers, the Denver Broncos. Uh, the zero for me, for the, I had two zeros in this game, both on the Packers. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Aaron Jones, eight carries, 35 yards, five targets, three catches, 22 yards. The biggest problem here, he's playing against the Denver Broncos. And he wasn't supposed to be on a snap count. That was the whole point of why he stayed out for an extra and week. And then he was on a flipping yeah, yeah. And then he was on a snap count. And then, yeah. Don't get me so, started. <laughs> Christian Watson was my other zero this game. He got a little bit banged up towards the end, but that was in late in the fourth quarter. Five targets, three catches, 27 yards. Uh, I wasn't as big on Watson as I was Dobbs anyway, but nobody really did that well. Dobbs had a touchdown to bail you out. That was the only thing. But yeah, I just, what you're getting out of Watson, what you drafted to be, what you hope for. I don't think he ever pays back ADP this year at any given point. So um, what are your zeros in this game, Chase? Uh, They were all wearing green. Um, But no, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jones hurt. Dylan ran hard. Actually, this was Dylan's best game of the season. I thought so, too. I'm not going to give him a zero, I mean, for it. You know, he vastly outplayed where I thought he would. Um, I can't even give a zero to Jordan Love, even though he – he was a zero on that last freaking interception. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, no, Watson definitely gets it. Um, and and unfortunately, for anybody who maybe wasn't paying attention to this game or hasn't looked at any notes, Christian Watson suffered a knee injury. It looked like a possible knee injury on his last play on the game of the game there late in the fourth quarter. Came off and literally collapsed as soon as he hit the sideline. They were looking at his right knee. Uh, the replay looked suspect. I'm not going to say it's serious, serious yet, but it would not shock me to see Christian Watson miss a little bit of time, which at this point, yeah, I mean, you have, like you just said, you're not getting what you wanted out of him anyway. So I'll give him a zero for the day. Um, I'm not going to give Jaleel McLaughlin a, a zero for the day. Cause he got, he got about what I thought we'd see out of him, but I was hoping for a little bit more out of him than maybe I saw because running backs just typically tend to do well against the Packers, but yeah, no, I tend to agree with that. Um, I can't. Do you have a hero in this game? I didn't have any heroes in this game. That was that was the one. Well, no, 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 because this no, is a game that Green Bay should have won, and then they just went out and gave it right back to him. So, <laughs> well, even not from a Green Bay perspective, I just you had guys that maybe survived, got you by, but there was nothing, no big performances in this one whatsoever. I do want to talk about my note though, which is Javante looks like he's his old self. Starting to get there. Starting to get there. Yes. Two games in a row now. They need to give him now. They need to give him the volume. Right, right. Two two games in a row now where he's gone over five yards a carry. Looks mm-hmm. sharp in this game, and he got the he did have fifteen carries in this game. He did get involved in the passing game, and he was well ahead of Julian McLaughlin as far as uh, opportunities were concerned. The one thing that's still annoying is that even when the running game's working for whatever reason, Sean Payton's still like kind of going away from it at times, mm-hmm. and not even going away from it like with play action or rollouts, the things that make sense. It's just like just flat out like, okay, Russ, you're gonna go back in five wide now and a shotgun on a second and three because just 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 cause like it doesn't even make any sense. So that part's still annoying, and I, I don't know if that gets any better because we just if we've seen it for too long now at this point. Um, but today you saw Javante 31 snaps, Perrine, believe it or not not had 15 snaps or yep. McLaughlin had 10. I didn't even feel like Perry was on the field ever, but 19 opportunities. But that, but that, but therein that. lies the problem. And that's, I'm, I know I'm cutting you off, but I feel strongly about you. I, I, I know you're going to go. I just want to point out, this is what Brees Hall looked like for a couple of weeks until he finally took over. I love, I love watching Javante Williams run the ball. Even today, 
uh, he, he's fun, but he's never been that bell cow take the majority of the work back. Now he had the majority of the work today, but he had 19 looks as opposed to 13 for the rest of the running back core. That's not a crazy split there. I would love to see him get a little bit more volume and, and be able to use that five and a half yards that he averaged per carry today to, to be able to do something with it rather than just getting, you know, rather than getting 15 carries a game, give him 18, 19. Why are you, why are you still giving Samaje P Ryan any actual carries in, in the, in the game? Why, why is he in the game at all period? Because the way Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin have looked, Samaje Pirine can take a back seat and it, your team is not going to be worse off for it. But that's always been my problem. That was my problem last season with Javante. It's my problem coming into this season, even you know, I, obviously coming off of the injury, but worried about the idea that Javante Williams has never had to be that high volume bell cow type back from college all the way up through the pros. If we can get him any kind of volume whatsoever, he the sky is the absolute limit because he's he's an absolute talent. He's he's a, he's a rare talent at that running back position when he's got the ball in his hands. The problem for me is I don't see them getting the ball in his hands enough, unfortunately, to to really take full advantage of his talent. See, this is where I'm going I'm to push back a little bit because I'll take 19 opportunities of a running back any day of the week. So I don't need him to necessarily be Christian McCaffrey getting 20 plus touches every single week. Give me. Give me 15 to 20 opportunities. If he's in that range, he's a hard beat too. And if he's back to getting five yards to carry, which he has now done for two weeks in a row, and he's being efficient, he's getting involved in the passing game, Javante Williams is going to pop one of these days. And this he'll, big- he'll pop one of these days, but that's the thing. He's going to pop. He's going to pop every once in a while. He'll be a running back too, but he's a running back one talent. And I, w- I wish that his usage could, could match up with that. Like that's, this, this, that's this my we saw Brees Hall a couple weeks ago where he was sure. getting, he was getting like 30 plus snaps. He was starting to gap himself a little bit. I think we're starting to see that with Javante now because Perrine is just a guy. McLaughlin is just a kind of a gadgety type of player. You right. can put in spurts and stuff like that. Javante looked good. He played quite a bit today. Fingers I was seeing opportunities every day to week. They get Kansas city next week. And then they have the bye week So if he does has a, a decent game against Kansas city and they have the bye week in week nine, bye, bye, bye. I want to buy yeah. Javante Williams. He's yeah, got you can, yeah. Heck yeah, you got you got the rest of the season after that. You get Buffalo coming out of the bye. We've already talked about you want to play running backs against Buffalo. Then Minnesota, Cleveland, that's the tough one. Houston, Chargers, Detroit. I'm um, after today. I don't know if they're that great after with Gus Edwards. We saw Patriots and then the Chargers again for the championship week. That's not the best schedule in the world. But that's a pretty decent schedule to have if the, he's going to start getting his efficiency back. So I kind of I'm very interested in Javante Williams moving forward. Here's my conundrum in my home league. I've got James Cook and I've got Javante Williams. Who's my running back three? Three and four. That's three and four because I've also got Bijan and and, and Derrick Henry. I, I think it's Javante. Because Javante is still getting is getting goal line opportunities. Like I know he hasn't scored yet. He's going to. That is going to happen because he's getting those opportunities to score. And as he gets more usage in general, he'll get those opportunities to score. Like I would. Be, I, 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 I I hope so. I hope so because I I agree with you. I I and I love like I've said. I've never been one that said that he doesn't have the talent or that right. he's not fun to watch play. My only problem with it is he just doesn't necessarily get the looks. And right now you're talking about, a, you know, a guy who's running back 34 on the season. He's scoring just North of eight points a game. 
and James Cook, as, as unexciting as he's been, is running at 14. I think this game showed you last game. He's I hope, fingers there, crossed. This, this game crossed. You, I think that's about to change. I agree with you between the two that Cook is the sell and Williams is the buy. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. All right. So let's go to our, our last game for this episode, which is the Chargers and the Chiefs game. My zero is Austin Eckler. I thought for sure this guy would bounce back after a rough week against Dallas. Like, okay, it was the first week. It was Dallas. He'll bounce back against Kansas City. And 14 carries for 45 yards, but the big one, two targets. Two targets. Yeah, There's no Mike Williams in the game against Kansas City, which is trailing. He only gets two <laughs> targets. Like, and that's not I don't that's not an Austin Eckler issue. That's a coaching issue. No, that no, no, that's a Kellen Moore yeah. Brandon Staley issue. We're gonna talk about that in our observational notes, but Unfortunately, it means Eckler, who you're depending upon to be a top three running back, just didn't come through for you in this one. What zero did you have in this game? Yeah, well, he, he's got to be one of them, unfortunately. I mean, Keenan Allen still got you nine and a half points, but I had him as my as my wide receiver five on the day. So he's I, outside yeah. the top 30 right now. He, he did not give you anything, whereas Josh Palmer came through and absolutely crushed for you. So... I mean, if if I've got to take one that's not an Austin Eckler, it's probably his teammate Keenan Allen. Yeah, no, I would tend to agree with that. Let's switch to the heroes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, we finally broke out. We've been waiting for a Patrick Mahomes breakout. Four hundred twenty-four yards, four touchdowns, an interception, but twenty-nine yards on the ground on top of it. And uh, yeah, had his best that- game of the season by halftime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah. And then Travis Kelsey, 13 targets, 12 catches, 179 yards, and a touchdown. Both these guys finally having their big blowout game of the week. Is there any other heroes to this? Oh, you got to love a big Travis Kelsey game because it means we get a lot of shots of Taylor Swift up in the press box celebrating with uh, with Brittany Mahomes. So good for that. I know that. I know you were thrilled with that. Watching the red zone. <laughs> I keep winning the over on the Taylor Swift showings. You know what? Whatever. At this point, I'll take no, it. Um, hey, Rashi Rice. Yeah. Rashi Rice with 17 points on the day. Uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping against hope that he is finally a number one receiver in that offense and that he will be and look like and and, and function as a number one wide receiver in that offense. But a uh, hey, good game today. Now, Marcos Valdez-Scanling, MVS, yeah, he did what he always does. Occasionally he catches a long one and, and great, good for you. But I have said it before, Rasheed Rice just looks different when he gets the ball in his hands, he, he immediately transitions to an NFL caliber ball carrier. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's electric with that ball. He's electric in his, in his route running. I like Rasheed Rice in this offense. And I think that if they're smart, they're going to keep going to him. He led the wide receiver room and targets finally again today. And, uh, you know, I just, I see nothing but good things for him going forward. I'm hoping that we may be against hope, we may be seeing the birth of a number one wide receiver in Kansas city. Who's not Tyreek Hill to add to that. Cause yes, oh, I definitely want to bring up Rasheed rice. Cause he's still, he's not av- available enough to be on my waiver wire. Right, right. Right. But there are some leagues where he's still out there. And if you're waiting to see, can I officially play him? You yes. can. This was the first week we finally saw a gap in wide receiver rotation. So Marquez Valdez scaling had 47 snaps. Sky Moore, 41. Rasheed Rice, 40. 
Then you have Justin Ross at 17, Kadarius Tony at 13, Miko Hartman yes. at 11. Before we had five guys getting like 20 snaps apiece. So now That's, you see a top three. Right. So now we see a top three emerging. And Rasheed Rice is, is definitely the, the most talented, versatile of the bunch. Yes. I do think this is the beginning of an emergence for Rasheed Rice. I am 100% there with you uh, because Sky Morris has opportunities. We know what MVS is. Rasheed Rice is now, I think it was what, three games in a row now he scored a touchdown. Yeah. It seems like he's emerging as the guy um my other note for this game was kellen moore was flat out out coached by steve spagnola today yes in, in every category i know justin herbert missed some throws that were open that they were there yeah you missed a big one to keenan allen that would have been a touchdown earlier in the game i get that but he did nothing kellen moore that is to help out his quarterback who was not in rhythm all day long uh one big thing was getting some screens out to Austin Eckler on a defense that you know is coming for pressure at almost every single play. Spagnuolo was doing nothing but blitzing. No screens to Austin Eckler the entire game. No easy reads, no easy dump off, no getting the ball out of his hands quickly, even though he was under duress the entire game. Kellen Moore was just flat out out coach. Now, I've liked what Kellen Moore has done to this offense overall as a whole for most of the season. Hopefully, he learns from this and moves on. I don't think this is a uh, an apocalyptic sign or anything like that coming. Better days are ahead for the Chargers offense. But yes, we have to point out Kellen Moore flat out out coaching this game. That has to get better. Yeah, and, and there were still usable pieces of this offense. It just wasn't the pieces that we all thought we were using. I mean, Josh Palmer had a had a Excellent day. Josh Palmer, ladies and gentlemen, is a thing. Quentin Johnston is yeah. not yet. Right. So if you're if you're in Dynasty, obviously you're hanging on to Johnston, but you want to hang on to Palmer too. And I actually put a post about that a year ago by now. But Josh Palmer is a thing. He has earned a role in this offense and not he pretty. should be. Yeah, no. And he should be earning a role on your roster, if not necessarily in your lineup, on your roster. He is a thing Quentin Johnston is not. Let go of the Quentin Johnston dream for this season at least. But Gerald Everett was, you know, was a top five play at, at tight end today. Yeah, Josh Kelly against all odds. Well, actually, he had that one big run where nobody touched him. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But 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 I'm saying, you know, but I'm yeah. saying there were still usable pieces in this offense. Right. So to your point about what Kellen Moore has done so far this year, yeah, this offense is still scoring points and will score points for you in fantasy. But today he got, he was, he was flat out embarrassed. He, it yeah. was, it was, it was the chief's day and nothing that Los Angeles was going to do was going to change that. No. And this, this puts the chiefs well ahead in their division too. Oh. So at this point they're just looking at yeah, it's over. The West seed. is over. They're just looking at number one seed right yep. now. Okay, so that does it for the show, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. We're going to be back on Wednesday, Operation Domination, 9.30 p.m. Eastern here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel. It's our biggest episode of the week. Make sure you check it out. We do a full preview on every game, player props, bets, and, of course, all of our fantasy analysis. We'll always be back on Thursday nights for the Injury Inquiries episode and our NFL Cashing Ticket episode or Cashing Thursday, however you want to call it. But we have Brian Scott on from the Injuries Podcast talk about all the injuries coming up. And next week, there's no buys. So everybody who's been injured, we're going to have Ooh. a lot we're gonna have to talk about. And of course, we have Chris and Chaz on to talk about some of our best bets heading into the weekend. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the bell notification so you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. And make sure you download us on your favorite podcast app because we're widely available to wherever you are. Give us a follow on social media at Show on X. MDFF show on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere else. We will have the waiver wire rankings list out for you guys on Tuesday mornings. Like we always do. Give me a follow at Dan Mater FF chase where we can follow you at what you got coming up. 
SDT Chase, FFB on the Twitter, X, whatever we call it, machine nowadays. Uh, yeah, you can do start sit questions there. You can do trade questions there. I will get back to you. I will I will post that out there, but give me a follow there. And you can find my rankings and, and articles as I put them out on bellyupfantasysports.com. So find me there and find, hey, Sunday morning, Belly Up Fantasy Live. You can find me at 10 a.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, where time begins, as my co-host Kevin Wilson likes to say. And always find me here Sunday nights and Wednesday nights right here on MBS. Show. That's right. That's right. That's what we always do, baby. Good, good luck. Yeah, I hope you guys have your Monday Night Miracles. If you still need them, we'll see you on Wednesday night. <laughs>